Yes, little ones, Miss Emma Risa, Emily, and Miss Catherine, the legends. If you're not in school, you get to hang out with them, but you can stay with wherever you are if you want to. They have a blast and they go back there. How are you, gang? <laughs> How are you, gang? <laughs> yeah. Man, thanks to, thanks to the gang. I want us to take pause here just for a second. We're, you know, if you've ever hung out with us any at all, man, we're liable to change on a, on a dime, and that's what we're about to do. Um, first thing I want to do is catch everyone up just for a second. Man, if you were with us last week, you were pioneers. You were, you were among uh, first century believers because for the, for, ever since God breathed life into, into, into this thing called refuge, we have said all along that Jesus trumps the banner of refuge. That it's Jesus and Jesus alone. And that you're in the safest place ever. If you're really not sure who this guy named Jesus is, then you're in the safest place ever to hang out with folks who have hooked their wagon to him. Right? And so, for the past... Yeah, I'm with you, Mama T. You clap on, sister. Because here, what you did valiantly last week is, is that you, you sat in this room after hearing what God said how to give. And that we're to give like it's Christmas Day every day. And that if we can't give of ourselves first, then don't worry about giving anything else. Let that be first. Let your heart be first to give yourself to others. And then in the overflow of knowing who you are in Christ, then you start spreading out to others. And so last week, you know, we, we said nothing ever has to go in that bucket. Ever. Ever. But there are needs that are big. And so people do like to put cash in the bucket. And all we're saying is that we want you to come back and help us pray it out wherever it goes. There are no committees here. And so last week, the committee gathered, and it was whoever showed up in the room, and there's a little over 100, and man, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Over $3,000 went out of the room into schools, into places where tangible needs are. And here's the effects of that. Here's, here's one of them. This is from Gully, my daughter. Hang on. Well, she. Here we are. Daddy, can you tell everyone thank you from me? This is Kenzie. And what happened is that you you equipped her not only with at Hobgood, but you equipped her with uh, a bunch of cash. <laughs> and so her heart was so overwhelmed that she divided it among the others. And but she didn't want the other teachers to know where it came from. And she goes, Daddy, would you tell everyone thank you from me? I just wanted them to know that the, every grade level got a $100 gift card and every backpack that was brought in has already been placed on a bag. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Mrs. Holmes, our guidance counselor, is going to keep us updated on needs throughout the year. Also, if, if we want to keep going, doing that. Why, well, sure we do. Don't we? That, 
And so at some point, somebody's going to say, where's this hope that you have come from? It's in the book. Then you get to speak his name, Jesus. Here's another one, one more. You got time for one more? Heck yeah, you do. We may just end on this and crank that song back up and sing Avalanche and rip it and let's go to Moe's. That's all we need to do. Right? We've lived it out. We believed it out. Let's go eat. I got Nana Pudding waiting on me too. I just remembered that. No Moe's for me, baby. Going straight to the pudding. Uh, coach, where are you? To be able to know, where's Thompson? To be able to know that she that all she has to do is send out. Now she's a she's she's in the she's in the trenches. Someone came to her room. Mama needed three hundred dollars to get a security deposit going on. Electricity. She didn't have it. Because see, she's not far, she's she's down the path where Hortensia thinks she's going. You're not gonna be homeless. Not with this bunch. But this one was. And came in and needed three bills. She sends it out. Boom, boom, boom. And she said, this came from God. <laughs> one more. I know you got time for one more. I do. It's an amazing gift to be the go-to person for needs within my little work community. Not because of me but because of Him using us. It's powerful to have a team behind me, even if most of the people who receive will never see y'all. Praise God. And if influence is the way I work, I know there are others who fit that go-to role in their own circle, and I'm glad to be part of your teams as well. Just wanted to speak that out and thank Him for all empowering you. It's that word believe. You are believing that you are who He says you are, and it's making a difference in your lives. First, and then it's making a difference in the lives of those that come into your midst that have forgotten, they've temporarily forgotten, the enormity of the empty tomb. And as my bride said earlier, it has re this is really cool. This setting is really, really cool. But it's what we do together out there that lives start going, wow. All right? So I want you to get up and enjoy each other just for a second. Uh, introduce yourself to one another, all right? And uh, then we'll crank this thing up. All right? Introduce yourself to Raleigh. This is the Connor Connor's Dispenser's last time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I ran into this when I walked off the stage. Oh, no, you didn't. That's what it was supposed to be about, though. And you're part of it. You're part of it. You are. It's good to be a part of it. Amen, dude. Amen, amen.
Nice to meet you. My name's Mark. so much for letting us come here today to worship you. Thank you so much for uh, Mike as he's going to uh, teach us tonight and, and, and let us have the ears to hear and to understand and, uh, and knowledge to uh, take it out into the world with us. Um, in your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, a couple other housekeeping things and then, and, uh, then we're going to launch in. We're going to talk tonight about respond and react and and how life just hands us a lot of things that cause us either to respond and react and both quite honestly at the same time and which one's good which one's bad why do we even label it to begin with you know and so what's our motive in that so uh, we're going to launch in that just for a second I just want to echo again that Sozo's cranking up um, August 20th that Thursday right Guys, I know I'm prejudiced, but I'm not that prejudiced about it. It's the best. <laughs> it really is. It's the best in town co-ed that's teaching kids, especially this semester, to roll in there and know that each time that they're open their mouths, that they're going to teach our kids who they are in Christ. It has zero to do with what labels you wear when you roll into school. And I'm more convinced that school is probably hard, the hardest mission field ever especially middle school. It's just tough. And so you've got to be equipped with knowing who you are going in there because the world's going to tell you you're everything else except that. And then when you start having that self-talk that you are not who Christ says you are, then it gets really painful. So uh, it's the best in town. I know there's others, and there's others that are represented here. Y'all are really, really good, uh, but we got you. <laughs> just kidding. Last thing, uh, Spencer, Connor, you heading out? It's your last one, isn't it? Boys heading off to college game. Is anybody else that's heading off to college that's in here? Where's email? Yeah. Well, what I want is someone that's already been in school for a year to pray over them before we start. 
So uh, we missed the list. The list is already in class, so there's a few that we have missed. Uh, but the last song tonight that we're singing, Spencer recommended Avalanche. That's the last one, isn't it? So let's tsunami them right now with prayer. Who, is, who would like to pray over them before we get started? Okay, way to go. Everybody's volunteering you. Yeah. You may as well. Dear Jesus, I just want to thank you so much just for this night and this weekend, Lord. And I thank you for um, school starting up. And I pray for Connor and Spencer as they both go to college uh, with new people in a new place, Lord. And I pray that um, when they go, Lord, that you will just bring them a sense of peace, that they know that they're supposed to be there, and they know that um, you have called them there, Lord. And I pray that as they go, they just remember that um, they're there for a reason, and that everybody there is going to be looking to them um, to see you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I pray that any time that um, they utter a word or go into a building, Lord, that they um, anybody around them just knows that they're with Jesus. Um, I thank you for them and just um, who they've been with uh, to refuge and um, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think that's pretty fitting because there's a lot of times if you've been ever had the chance to go into new seasons, and a lot of times for me when we roll out of summer and we start um, uh, getting back into school, it's almost like a, a New Year's for church going. <laughs> you know, some families they'll go, you know what, man, the summer's in. We just really need to find a group of people that we can hang out with, and let's let's go. And so you can come here and go to all the other places, but again, it's about who we are out here. And so what we want to do is encourage one another while we're in here, so when we go out there, that the folks take notice and how we respond and how we react to one another. And a lot of times when we have those times that we're setting sail and we're going to put our boots in a new city, we, we, we have these conversations with ourselves going, I'm really gonna, I'm really, I'm really gonna live him out. No one knows me there. I don't have to wear this false self in at all. So when I go into that city, when I go into that dorm room, I am going to be about him. Have any of us ever done that? You know, like if a Monday's coming, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really do it this time. <laughs> I really want to. <laughs> And then all of a sudden life happens, and if you're anything like me, if someone kind of pushes your button, that was easy. <laughs> we go nuclear. This is I want you to picture this tonight as your nuclear reactor button. That what are those things in life? Because sometimes that was easy. It really is easy for us to go nuclear, isn't it? If, if things just don't look the way that I want them to, if, if people don't do or act the way that I want them to, I'm all over my butt. That was easy. And it's easy for me to go nuclear. And people are standing back from that going, what in the world? What happened? Why such the response? So do you see how the two kind of ebb and flow here? And so before we launch into a conversation that just still is just blowing me up, but... Which one do you think is more favorable? If, if someone said, you got to pick between respond and react, which one do you seems to be more favorable? Respond, raise your hand. Yeah, and if you're in reaction mode, is that something that's favorable or kind of more net? Is it more negative? 
Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. It actually means, it says to respond means to give an answer, to react favorably. Response is just to give an answer or to reply. Reaction, check this out. It, 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 it's as against some force. It's to act in an opposing or contrary manner. And so the scene where I want us to go to is in Matthew. So you can go ahead and get your screen or book and go to Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to drop down right at smack dab in the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples. Now remember what disciples mean, gang. It means it's a student, it's a pupil, it's someone that's learning a particular way that the teacher is teaching. Okay? So they're not too long into the, into the journey of Christ. And the disciples are walking with with Jesus, and by this time, check out all the things that they've experienced. This isn't exhaustive by any means, but they've already heard, if you, if you know what the Beatitudes are, it's the blessings. They've already heard the Beatitudes. They were actually taught a prayer. If any of us said this prayer, it was, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Y'all know that one? Our kingdom come. Will be, y'all say it with me. Our will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Have you ever thought that you just said the same prayer that Jesus taught the disciples over 2,000 years ago? I wonder how long it took them to learn it. How long did it take you to learn it? And what does it mean to us? And if you look underneath the hood any at all, the disciples wanted something to be able to identify themselves with Jesus because in this era, everyone had some kind of chant. They had something that separated them. Because remember, gang, this is a world that had lots of gods. And so if you remember that most of the time they're saying, look, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were that specific. And the disciples said, we want to be able to be separated from folks. Teach us a prayer, Rabbi. Teach us a prayer, Father, Messiah, Emmanuel, Jesus with us. He teaches them the prayer. Jesus has taught them about anger. He's taught them about judging. He's showing that He is the way. The miracles of healing by this time, before we even get to chapter 10, are numerous. He even saw, they even saw a Roman soldier come up to Jesus and ask for His servant to be healed. Can you imagine? You're in the conversation. A Roman soldier, the one eventually that is going to slay Jesus, comes up and says, Teacher, my servant is sick. You say the word... And he'll be healed. Because Jesus says, no, I want to go. And he says, no. He says, I have many men under my command. You say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus and the guys are standing around. Now these are guys that left their profession. They left everything they had to follow him. And Jesus tells them, the man in, his, in their presence, I've not seen such faith in all of Israel. 
Matthew who wrote the letter. He didn't come onto the scene. He was the very last one. He didn't come on the scene until chapter 8. And by the way, they didn't write the letter in chapters. And he is sending them out. And he's sending them out right after he's already healed someone that's paralyzed and he's been restoring sight to those that are blind. And when he's sending them out, he's sending, he's saying, look, I'm sending you out in sheep's clothes among the wolves. And so listen to the conversation. It's like if we're at a party and there's a group of people that are already chatting and they're deep in conversation and we walk in and we're just kind of on the peripheral. We kind of want to be in the conversation, but we want to just kind of listen in first. And so here we are and we're listening in and these are the first words you hear. It's chapter 10 of Matthew and it's verse 19. It says, when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond. Some translations have or what to say. NLT has both. So Jesus is saying, when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. Okay? I don't know about y'all, but that's a deal breaker. It's not if. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't package it and he's saying, boys, it, it could get rough out there. It just might. He says, very matter-of-factly, when you get arrested, don't worry about what to say, how to say it. And we go on, he says, you'll be given the words at the right time. And so these are guys that haven't been to seminary, they haven't been sitting in Sunday school classes, they dropped their professions, they're hanging, they're, they're, um, their way of work, and they're hanging out with Jesus, and they get that laid on them. And here's what he's wanting to tell them, the folks when he's going out. He wants them to be very focused because, see, if you go back and read chapter 8, you'll see where Jesus is talking about Gentiles and many are coming. They will sit with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's saying, look, I've come to redeem the entire world. But I want you to be very specific on this trip, gang. It's your first trip that I'm sending you out. So in essence, they're sending them out on the first mission trip. He sends them out with Zilcho. And he said, I want you to go to, to the people of Israel. My chosen people, I want you to go to them. And here's what I want you to tell them. The kingdom of heaven is near. <laughs> the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. That's what he wants them to tell them. And so they go. With nothing. He said, find a place that's safe. Find people of peace. And so put yourself in that setting because see, isn't that in essence what we do when we send Jamie to China? And how she comforts little ones. She's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that what we said last week when we're placing backpacks on backs saying the kingdom of heaven is here. And so the thing is about with the disciples, they're going and they're going, but Lord, that's going to cause a reaction. People aren't going to like that or they wouldn't throw us in jail. Now here's a time out for us. Why such hatred? Why do you think that when they're going out and Jesus is saying, look, they are going to arrest you, 
They are going to flog you. They are going to beat you. This, what I'm telling you to tell folks is going to cause a reaction. Some will want to hear it. Most will not want to hear it. Why do you think they don't want to hear it? Pride. Why do people not want to hear it today? They think they got it. Or they don't want it. They don't want it. They got it. What else? They think it's hogwash. They think it's hogwash. <laughs> yeah. How come? Because they've Why? not seen it played out in other people before. So they're judging what they know about God and Jesus based on uh, people that haven't shown it to them. Amen. What else, Chris? It's been badly. Yes. How many of us are fearful to go out and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Anyone? Yeah. I think that's real. And so there's a lot of times that we can, we can work our way up to that point. But let's hang in here to the reaction here. The, king, the, the phrase kingdom of heaven is an active phrase that Jesus was teaching them. Remember that why He's wanting them to go to the Israel, the, the chosen people, because they were great at their to-do list. And so what He's telling the disciples to tell people, you no longer have to worry about your to-do list. The master of the list has come and it is completed. I am about to finish your to-do list. There'll be no more task for you to do to be right with me. Go tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How do you strike that conversation up? I mean, here's Matthew and the boys and they go into a city and they've got nothing and they've got to start asking folks for a place to stay. Well, what brings you to the city, sir? Uh, well... Um, I heard y'all have great resorts here. <laughs> I heard I heard y'all got really good restaurants here. So, but but aren't you a tax collector? Why are you here? What do you want? And at some point, these words come out, and then he tells them, "You'll be whipped. You'll be flogged, and of all places, synagogues." Now here's where I want us to drill in for a little bit. You'll be whipped in synagogues. That's church. The very people that King Herod asked, where will the Messiah be born? They okayed the synagogues are the very people that's going to drag you in because you say the Messiah has come. And they'll flog you. They're going to whip you. And the thing is, I think some of us would say we would never do that. You'll be arrested. But here's where I think that the body of Christ, and I'm lumping all of us in this game, is that there are times our words flog. We may not do a whip that comes out and whoosh, and absolutely scorches someone back, but our words put people on mental gurneys. 
in the body of Christ. And so a lot of people are saying, y'all are a bunch of hogwash because of the words that are coming out of your mouths are filled with venom and we put it on mental gurneys. Because, see, we're reacting. That was easy. We're reacting versus responding. Jesus sends them out and equips them with the only thing. He says that when you're wanting to react, gang, because these are men. They are men. They are men's men. And the stronger one is the one that says, I'll not react to your ignorance. I know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and you're operating out of a wound from the heart and I want to let you know with everything in me, I love you, I want you to love me back, but even in this, as you flog me, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus says, don't worry. This is verse 20. He says, don't worry about your response and your reaction for it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. How do we teach this, gang? See, for most of us, we, we, don't, we won't be in places that just absolutely hate Christ. We have schools that are based on Jesus Christ. We have stores. We have music stations. Have you seen how we separated ourselves so much from others? I don't, I don't flog anybody, Bivo. Really? Have you seen the political scene? It's vicious. And we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're calling everybody... I, I can't even repeat it. What about the way people have sex? You ever talk to someone about homosexuality? Does that make you want to go... That was easy. Does it cause a reaction? Why? And does our that was easy reaction match how Jesus, if he were sitting here and the boys respond? Now gang, I'm coming at you with both hands up going, it's the most difficult thing ever. And do I react? Absolutely. You hang we've said it from day one. You hang out long enough with me, you're gonna see veins in my neck pop out. I don't want them to. But I'm learning that there's freedom in finding out that when I react, I've got to find out why I'm reacting in the way that I'm reacting and not waiting to respond. And a lot of times my reaction is based on something that's not true. I either feel disrespected, I'm feeling rejected. And so let's use that as we start to close out. Let's say that we're, we're, that we're going to do that, that we're, we're going to be about responding differently. How do we do that? If someone were to come up to us and say, I want to respond differently, how do you coach them up in it? What would be one of the first things you think you would tell them? Don't say the first thing that's on your mind. All right, there's one. What else? Don't reply to that email until you are no longer pissed. <laughs> what else? Run it by. Run it by someone else. Someone safe. That you feel safe Absolutely. You have everything within you to make the next right choice. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is in you. 
Him within. And so doesn't it help if we admit, because how many of us ever have seen this when we're flared up and someone says, are you okay? And we go, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> that was easy. I'm fine! That was easy. Why do we fake it in that moment? How many of us from this day when we walk out that door, I think that's our first response is to not fake it. Is to say that, because remember, Jesus said, for it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. How do I ever determine when the Spirit of the Lord is speaking through me? Have I ever stopped to journal that? Have I ever stopped and said, Lord, thank You for taking me over and walking me through that conversation? Don't we want those? Yeah, come on. Don't we want those? How? Die to self. Die to self. Pick up the cross. Live in the resurrected life of Jesus. Do whatever you got to do to stop in the response of the reaction that's going on in you. And is your reaction based on truth? So many times we don't trust the motive of those out there in front of us. How did the disciples, when they were going into a city, determine how they could trust the motive of someone? How? They had to speak. They could not present a false self, gang. There was no way they could present a false self in order to find out the, who they could trust and their motive with them. How would they ever find out someone's home was safe? And Christ told them, if that home is safe, you give it your blessing. If it is not, you get out and take the blessing away. It's in red. Please go back and read chapter 10. Please go back and read chapter 8, 9, and 10. Please go back and read 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Please. Here's what I think what we might be able to do. Y'all ready? Because see that word arrest? It does mean to take you by physical force and put you in a place where you can't move. But you know what else that word means? It means to stop you. It means to change your course. So you remember those words that we say sometimes that just aren't the best? in our reaction, that's a different type of arrest. What we're doing is trying to arrest someone and get them to manage their life the way that we want it to look like in order for us to feel more comfortable with us. Grace is messy. What about on the other side? What about like when these two hit the campuses? What about when we go into our high schools? What about when you go into your place of work and that you're wanting to sit with someone that's sitting by themselves? And you're walking up and you're going, I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it this time. And man, you start walking and you start going over there and then all of a sudden, man, this force starts welling up in you. And that force is the fear of rejection. It's just flat out fear. And if you stop, you've just arrested yourself. Don't worry about what to say. The Spirit of the Father will be speaking through you in that moment. You don't ever have to say His name. Just go up and sit down. Can I sit with you? 
I've had plenty of folks say no, <laughs> and it sucks. But I've got to risk the no in order to get the nectar of a yes. I've got this right here. My last illustration here. <laughs> What's the force? What are you thinking right now that you would love to do different starting tomorrow and how you respond? I want you to act upon that. Because all of us are thinking of something. There may be someone in particular. I want you to act upon that. I want you to respond to the Father within you for Him to give you the words. So here's what I think would be kind of cool. What do we call the people that, that show up on the scene first? So like if there's been a car accident or a fire, what do we call them? Yes, we do. They're not first reactors. <laughs> They're responding to a reaction that's happened that is chaos. What if we were first responders in this sense? That in our lives, starting at home, that we did this. I want you to go over to James. Find it. Find James. It's chapter 1. And I believe this is how we arrest the negative force that's flowing through us in the moment. James chapter 1, verse 18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. And this is big here, number, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brother and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. What? Slow to do what? And slow to do what? So I think sometimes in that pause, <laughs> that when we're being slow in it, that we start to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit of self-control, which is in Galatians 5.23. It's the very last one that's listed. And in that, we get to start showing the other fruits of patience, kindness, gentleness. But don't you fake it. Don't fake it. Verse 20 is pretty cool too. Read it. It says, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Amen. Does the ultimate force of the Him within trump the negative force that we're wanting to exude? So we have to be able to do that with one another. Here's what I think would be really cool. What if we were first responders and in our first response, these are, we're going to pretend these are defibrillators. My, my doc friend, he loves this. And what if our words were the very thing that went, he, he's, he's not going to make it. Bilbo's not going to make it. And here it comes in. He says, we got to put the paddles on him. You know what these defibrillators, you ever seen those scenes? And they put that crazy jelly stuff on there, right? And the jelly stuff goes in there and says, ramp it up. I don't want to, <laughs> ramp it up. High voltage. Clear! <laughs> you know, and your body just shakes like crazy. And you look at the monitor. And then there's life. What if our words were like that? Mm -hmm. 
What if we were first responders in the way that we responded to one another and how we delivered our words? <clears throat> Man, I love you. Woo! Crap. Man, you just made me real angry, but I love you. Ramp it up again. <clears throat> Gee, Willikers. That was stout. Why did you tell me that? Why did you say that? I, I don't understand, but I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. You're my friend. You can't get me out of here. What if our words were words that gave life? And here's the verses to give it to you as we wrap up. It's Hebrews. You'll want to put your eyeballs on this. It's Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. In 25, I just love it. Someone read that. This says, don't get out of the habit of meeting, doesn't it? Gang, eyeball me here as we close. Does this meeting count? Absolutely. But the first meeting counts in your home. Hun, thanks for cleaning your room. That was awesome. Mom, Dad, how can I help you today? I know you've been drowning and stuff. How can I help you? What are the words that you want to hear? Speak them to someone. And the habit of meeting counts wherever you go. Because we are living, walking temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you walk into a place, it becomes a place of worship. That meeting counts. So how we're going to apply this this week? Listen to what He's telling you. How does He want you to respond to reactions differently, knowing what we know today? Father, thank You for this time. Lord, we love You. We thank You that You have delivered life through us in our heart by blowing life into us. So Lord, as we let this sink in, as we process the rest of it, I pray that if there's anyone that wants to respond to Your love, Father, that You're equipping, that, that Lord, that we're anyone that is here that they feel safe to pray with, that they would do that. Lord, we have the bread and the juice in the back to respond to the fact that we know that You are who You say You are. And Father, that we are forgiven of all, that You see us holy and blameless. And so Lord, we love You and we count it such a blessing to be able to come together as we're not getting out of the habit of thinking of ways to motivate one another. And Lord, we're no longer going to arrest each other with our words. We're going to think of ways to give life to one another. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.